And uh, before we go out ahead and dismiss you guys, let's give this worship team a round of applause. Amen. Thank you, Diana, for always homegrown, always coming in and filling, out, filling in for us as Jason and Mackenzie. They're out, on, out of town visiting some friends. And so praise God that we, that's what I'm talking about, that we are a church of 26 locations. Whenever we need someone to fill in, we've got, we've got the plug-and-play pieces. So praise God for that. Thank you for your heart to serve. A couple of quick announcements today before we get into today's word. Uh, first of all, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad to see you guys. It's been two weeks. All right. Those of you who are visiting us for the first time, what we did is we did what we call a pastor swap. You guys ever saw the show Wife Swap? Pastor Swap, except we didn't have to deal with the congregations. We just showed up and preached on Sundays. So we kind of just, they took all the location pastors and said, okay, you're going to preach at this location. You'll preach at this location. You had two people come here, Pastor Mike Berry, Pastor Tom. Uh, I had the privilege of going to Humble Park and also Oak Forest. And so a huge blessing. It's a huge blessing to see uh, other brothers and sisters in the faith uh, that are in the same church with the same mission, but I miss you guys, amen? There's nothing like being home. Uh, so praise God, but we are still in that series that we started off that is titled One Church, and today we're going to have the conclusion of that message. Now, I won't be preaching it. There'll be nobody here in the pulpit preaching it. We're going to be watching the message up on the screen, and so this is not how we do church if you're, the, if you're first-time guests. But what we're doing is every kind of six, seven months, Something we're trying to do as a church is we're trying to show that unity, that we're more than just who we are in, this, in these four walls. And so in the beginning of the year, we had uh, Pastor Mark Job, who's our senior founding pastor of All New Life and president of uh, Moody Bible Institute. And he kind of gave a message here uh, that challenged us, that, uh, that, that, that kind of encouraged us as we prepare to get into this season and uh, this week, or this week, we're going to have a message from his son, who is the location pastor, the lead pastor at New Life Midway, uh, Pastor Josiah Job. He's going to give a message that's going to go on ahead and put this to a conclusion, the one church theme, but is also going to jumpstart what our next series is going to be. You know, 40% of people who were, were, were drawn in in a, st in a stat. When they ask, why is it that you don't disciple, some people said, the lower percentage said, hey, you know what, in reality, it's just maybe I'm afraid, maybe I don't have enough knowledge. But 47% of the people said, I don't know how. And after looking at that stat, all the pastors at New Life says, we don't want to be a church that 47% of the people say, we don't know how to disciple people. Because that was the great commission that Christ gave us, to go out, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them what it is that he taught us, and teaching them to obey. That's our commission. And if we don't know how to do that, something's wrong. Amen? So we're going to be really diving into that uh, within these next couple of weeks, so make sure that you're joining us for that. Uh, but uh, let's go out ahead and right now, greet, you can tell I'm not used to hosting. Anthony, where are you at? Anthony's the regular host. Let's give our first-time guests a round of applause. Amen? Because I said I'm not going to preach, but if I keep talking, I'm going to end up preaching. We're not going to watch the video. Um, and so thank you for coming. Not only do we thank you for coming, but we also, and those of you who are watching us on Facebook maybe for the first time as well, not only do we thank you for coming, but we want to challenge you. 
We want to give you what we call here at New Life Community Church a three-try challenge. Don't judge us based on our first appearance, okay? Uh, go on ahead and give us three shots and wait. Because I believe, I believe that there's a church out there for everyone. And maybe, just maybe, this might be the church for you, but the first impression wasn't the best. So give us two more shots, amen? I know a lot of us that are here did that seven years ago, eight years ago, ten years ago, and we're still here today. So hopefully uh, you will be a part of that as well. The first announcement that I have is that in September 11th, we are going to be relaunching what we call here at New Life our life groups. We used to call it small groups. We've changed the name. Not only did we change the name here about a year ago, but all of New Life has gone on board and changed the name now. And it's going to be called life groups because we believe that we want to, these groups are to, just taking a look at that. Um, these groups are uh, for us to have life in there. And we're going we're gonna to have some more groups on there. This is not an up-to-date. We're going to have some women's groups. My goal is to have a marriage group, uh, a couples group. So if you're still interested in leading a group, go on ahead and let us know. Uh, but we're definitely going to have a group out there. Our goal is for everyone. So next week when you walk in, you're going to get handed out a sheet that's going to look just like this. It's going to have all the updated information on there, okay? And then all you got to do is contact that group leader. But listen, I, and I'll, I'll hit this more as we go on. It is so, so, so important not just to come out to church on Sundays, but to get plugged into a life group. Because that's, you know, we, we have that big church mentality and small church mentality. And that small church happens within the week. Right now you're hearing me speak or, or if it's a host speaker, you'll be hearing Pastor Josiah. And, and you can't say anything but amen, hopefully. But when you're in these life groups, you guys can talk to each other. You can share some of the struggles that you're having. You can pray for each other and, and grow together. And that's the way we saw the early church do it. And I believe that that's the way we should still be doing church today. Amen. So I want you to make me, I'm not going to say make me a promise because we're in church. And I don't want you to make me a promise and you don't keep it. But really, really consider that in September 11th, you're going to go on ahead and join one of these groups. It's going to run for only eight weeks. That's all. Eight weeks. You give it a shot. And I can guarantee you that your faith will grow and your relationship with people in the church will grow. Amen? The last uh, announcement that I have is we're having an event for our youth. Again, one church, we're trying to say, hey, we're more than just this church here in, the, in these four walls. We've got 26-plus locations. Let's use the amount of volunteers, the, uh, the, the, the brains, and let's let these kids meet each other. Uh, and, and we have been doing that for the last few years. Whenever we have retreat, all the youth from all new life goes. Uh, whenever they have any type of conference, they're all there. And there's something exciting coming up. And I want to go ahead and ask uh, Jesus Pantoja, who leads our youth ministry along with his wife, Elena. Uh, he volunteered to go ahead and give the youth some uh, update on, on what's happening next. Hey, I took my wife off the hook today. Uh, no, we had a, an amazing leadership meeting yesterday, which was very powerful just to see how the One Youth and just New Life in general is coming together as one. And just to see so many leaders from different groups, men, women, couples. Uh, but our main focus is the youth group right now. But we are putting together just a rough draft for September 10th, uh, a gathering at East Humboldt Park campus for the kids that are interested in going, just to get some more time together 
talk to each other, get to know each other a little bit more than we did at the camp. Um, if you guys are interested, just let us know. Contact the church. If you guys got any teenage friends that want to come, and that goes to everybody I can't really see out there, but you know what I'm talking about. But uh, very grateful to be a part of this church, and thank you, Lord, for continuing to bless us. God. Thank you, Jesus and Elena, who, again, lead this ministry. So exciting things coming on, so make sure that we're uh, keeping an eye for all that. Amen. Uh, and at this moment, what we're going to do is before we get into this word is we're going to um, pray for the offering uh, that's going to be collected. We don't collect offering in church anymore. We do it all online. And I think we have a slide up there. If you're here today and you say, hey, I want to go on ahead and give of my offerings and my tithe, uh, all you have to do is just uh, you can visit our website, which is newlifemontclair.org, or you can text NL Montclair to 833-245-4296. You'll get a, a text message that hits you right back. You can go on ahead. It's safe, it's secure, and it's a way to give. And if you remember what I preached about December of 2021 as we were coming to a close was we were going to honor God with our first, Right? Uh, and I challenge the church that we will honor God with our first, with our time, right, with our worship. And when you wake up in the morning, before you do anything, and if you say, hey, but I wake up at 8, I got to wake up at 7 to get to work at 8. Well, then wake up at 6 or 6.30 and give time to the Lord. Spend some time, read a devotional, read your word, speak to God. That as we would do that, we would grow. Another one of the first was in our finances. We saw and we read the challenge that the Lord gave us that, that, that we are to go on ahead and give to God what belongs to God. It's not supposed to be, should I give you some of this, Lord? No, it's, Lord, you gave me, so I'm just going to give you back just a little bit in return. And we challenge the church to give up their tithe, which means the 10% of their offering so we can continue. Because as we know here, that money equals ministry. Money doesn't just sit in a big fat account and, and we just count the dollar bills. No, every time every dollar comes in, a dollar gets spent so that we can go on and continue to proclaim the love of Jesus Christ, not only inside these four walls, but outside as well. Amen. So just remember that challenge. I just wanted to remind you of that. Some of you guys, when you were listening to that sermon, said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit to it. And some of you guys have kept to it. Praise the Lord. And I pray look, that you would have been seeing the blessings of the Lord in any specific area of your life. But if you said, I'm going to do it, and you've kind of veered off track, what a beautiful time to get right back on when we're just a little past half of the year. Amen. Let us go on ahead and bow our heads, and let's pray. We're going to pray for the offering right now that's been given or that's going to be give, given, but also for the word that we're going to listen to right now that's going to be brought to us from Pastor Josiah, and again, just so you know, this word that you're going to watch right now is being shown in all of our 26-plus New Life locations at this time. Father God, we come before you, and we thank you right now, God. We thank you, Father, for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We pray right now as we lift up these tithes, these offerings, Lord, that either have been given or are about to be given, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for those who have faithfully given, God, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless them in any specific area of their life that you know, Lord, that they need you in, God. I pray, Lord, that you would go on ahead and continue to bless their, their marriages, that you would bless their homes, that you would bless their just their families, Father God, their finances, God, their health. 
Lord, I pray for those who so desperately desire to give, but they just absolutely have no means. I pray, Lord, that you would, you would begin to line things up to open up doors of opportunities for them, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, so they can be blessed and that they can continue to bless you, my God, in this area of our finances. And, Lord, I pray that you would use us as a location to use to be faithful stewards of each and every single penny that comes into this building, Lord Jesus, so that we can use that, Lord, with wisdom, with discernment, Father God, for the things that are going to gratify you, my God. And lastly, Lord, we pray for this word that we are about to hear from our lead pastor at New Life Midway, Pastor Josiah Job, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would use him to speak to your church. I pray that each and every one of us right now, God, Lord, that we would give you the attention that you deserve, God. Lord, whatever it is that's fighting for our attention right now, that we would be able to push it to the side, knowing and realizing after the service, Lord, it's still going to be there, God. And so, Lord, with that being said, I pray that you would open up each and every single one of our ears to listen to what it is that you have to tell us this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would soften our hearts to be able to receive the seeds of your word that are about, about to be fallen, Father God, on our hearts, Lord, that our hearts would be like that good soil that would absorb the words of your word, of your living word that is active, is true, it is alive. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would open up our eyes to be able to see what it is that you want to show us, God. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. And all of this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. good to be with you today. My name is Pastor Josiah. For those of you that don't know me, I have the privilege of being the lead pastor over all of New Life. And man, it has been great going through this one church series. I've been able to visit some different locations. I've been able to connect with our pastors. I hope it's been good to be able to have some different pastors rotating across New Life. And for us really to be able to realize the amazing uh, history and the amazing reality of what New Life is today. 27 different locations all across Chicagoland area. And this message is going to be playing to all of those. So I'm so excited to be with you and just to be able to share my heart a little bit with you this morning. Would you pray with me as we dive into the word of God? Lord Jesus, you are the head of this church. You are the one who is guiding us and leading us. And this morning as we dive into your word, Lord, we pray that you would stir our hearts, God. Stir our hearts, Father, to reach Chicagoland area, God. To reach Chicago, Father. That we would really understand our identity and our calling, Lord. And would live that out in you, Lord. We pray all of this as one church meeting all over Chicagoland area. We pray this in your name. Amen. And amen. Well, a few years ago, my dad had asked me to pick him up from the airport. He was traveling from a trip, coming back from, I believe he was coming back from a moody trip. And so I said, I, I went early. I was sitting in the cell phone lot. Many of you pick up people, you know what I'm talking about. I'm waiting for him. He texts me, hey, my plane's landed. I'll probably be out in 10 minutes. So I head over to Midway Airport. 
come around, I'm out there, and I get a text from him. He says, hey, I'm out here, I'm by gate B10. I'm like, got it, going to B10. So I drive, and I'm, and I'm looking out, and I'm trying to see, you know, my dad. There's like no one else there. My dad has a very distinct look. I'm waiting for the sun rays to just beam off his head just in the right way. And I'm looking for him, and I can't find him. And so I text him, Dad, I can't see you. At, where are you? B10. I'm right by B10. I mean, I'm standing by B10, and he's just nowhere to be found. So he calls me on the phone, and I can uh, hear that he's getting a little frustrated now. He's like, hey, Josiah. You know, where you at? You know, I'm, I'm right here. I'm B10, I don't, I don't know where you're at. And I am said, Dad, I'm getting frustrated now. Like, Dad, I'm here at B10. There's B11, there's B9, I'm at B10. Where are you at? And he's like, what do you mean I'm right here? And I said, I am right here. There's literally, I can count five people and one of them's a worker. I'm right here at Midway at B10. Where are you? There's a long pause. On the other end of that line, my dad says, Midway, you're supposed to be at O'Hare. I can't tell you how I felt in that moment. And I'll be honest, he just hung up the line and I was like, oh man, I don't even want to see him back at the house. Like, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe I misunderstood the instructions and I ended up at Midway when I was supposed to be at O'Hare. Not a fun taxi ride to pay for. You know, when we misunderstand the instructions, it is so easy to end up in the wrong place. And there's a lot of different instructions in the Bible that Jesus has called us to follow and to understand. And when we misunderstand the teachings of Jesus, we can end up in the wrong place. And one of the places that's the wrong place for us as Christians is on the sideline. God has called all of us as followers of Christ to be in the game, on the field, not on the sideline. We are all ambassadors, evangelists, ministers called to do the work that Jesus has called us to do. Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. It's some of the final words that Jesus spoke when he was here on earth. And as the pastor of New Life, what God is really stirring in my heart is this, in this season is the whole topic of discipleship. He's stirring my heart around and saying, don't misunderstand what I've called you to do as the church. What I've called you to do personally, Josiah, and what I'm calling you to mobilize the church to be that you are disciple makers. And so we're going to dive into that today. I want to bring you to Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to read 18 to 20, and I want you to get the full essence of what is called the Great Commission or some of Jesus' final and most important instructions for us as Christians. Verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to give you four steps this morning as we unpack the Great Commission to make sure that we don't misunderstand it and we can live it out as our calling as disciple makers. The first step in that instruction is to go. Once again, Jesus says, 
He came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Jesus wants us to go. He doesn't want us to wait, to stay, to delay, to be on the sidelines. He's called us to go. And going has everything to do with acting or action. He's called us to live out his words and not just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers of it. You know, I don't know about you, but <laughs> the last uh, two years, especially during this, uh, this pandemic, it started around the pandemic, I feel like people are driving crazier and more distracted than ever before. I mean, literally, every time I feel like I'm on the road, I'm like praying, Lord, protect me as I go through the valley of Cicero Avenue, Lord. Don't, don't, don't let someone slam into my car. Don't let someone veer into me. So I feel like i got to put both hands on the steering wheel. And one of the places that I find drivers to be most distracted is when they're at traffic lights. Tell me if you feel this. Tell me if you feel this, this pain that I feel almost every time that I'm driving. I'll be at a red light. I'll pull up behind one car that's in front of me. And I'm, you know, I'm waiting. I'm listening to a podcast, listening to scripture. The light will change from red to green. And the car in front of me, no movement. Sometimes you can even see people in the little mirror. They're looking down at their phone. They're scrolling on some type of social media. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty patient driver. My wife's always like, beep the horn. I'm like, oh, you know, be, I'll be a little patient. I'll give a second or two. Sometimes even, you know, it will be a whole row of cars that are first cars and they're not moving. And I'm sitting there at one second, two seconds. I'm like, okay, it's green. Time to go. There's, you know, different ways you can honk, too. Sometimes there's the light honk. And sometimes it's like, like, hey, like, wake up, man. It's green. Get on going. I feel like in this walk of Christianity that we have, I feel like Jesus is giving us the honk. He's behind us saying, listen, the light is green. And as a disciple of mine, it's time to get going. Get your foot off the brake. Get your eyes off whatever you're distracted on and get focused on the mission that I've called you and get going in what I've called you to do. Oftentimes we're distracted and preoccupied, but I believe that Jesus is telling us to take our eyes off that, take our eyes off the brakes, take our feet off the brakes and to get going in the mission. This is not a suggestion from Jesus. Jesus isn't saying, hey, listen, if you have time on top of Sunday or if you got some extra, an extra window in your week or if you really like meeting with people, I want you to disciple. No, no, this is a command. Jesus is saying, this is something that I expect every single believer to live out and to do to disciple other people. You can see that in the passage as Jesus, before he says, therefore, which every time you see therefore, you should say, well, why is it therefore? You can see that Jesus points to his authority. Let me read it again. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is making it really clear. He's saying, listen, the reason that I can ask you, and the reason I can tell you to go is because I have the ultimate authority. I have all power and all authority, and I am the Lord of your life. Part of what it means for us to be Christians is to follow Jesus and to make disciples. Jesus, when he was leading even his first disciples, he says, he said, go, I will make you 
fishers of men. Even from the beginning, Jesus had in, in his mind that each of his disciples would be disciple makers. When I was growing up, and you probably felt this if you had some siblings in your home, my brother is the opposite of me. I'm very orderly most of the time, and he just, you can see where, you know, when he's coming to the house, backpack here, shoes over here, jacket off here, ate this meal over here. I mean, he's like a tornado came through the house when we were living together. And I would, as a younger brother, as the older brother growing up, you feel a sense of like, hey, if it's dirty, you know, you need to clean up your meal. Or, hey, if you left this blanket over there, hey, make sure you pick up your blanket. And when I would tell him these things, my brother would say, well, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to do what you have to say. And then he would say this. He said, you're not mom or dad. Trust me, if you had some younger siblings, you heard them say that line to you. Trademark that line. And what they're saying is ultimately is you can't tell me what to do because you don't have authority over me. Jesus is saying, listen, hey, I want to be really clear that this is not a suggestion. I have authority over you. I am not just your Savior, but I'm your Lord, and I am calling you to action. I'm calling you to go. Jesus has all authority. He is over all things. He rules over all things, and he is more powerful than all things. And Jesus calls us, his disciples and followers, to with his authority, go and fulfill the mission that he's called us to. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. See, God has given us his power so that we can go out and be disciple makers, witnesses, people that share the faith, let other people know about what Jesus has done to change our lives. So we need to take our foot off the brake and go because his power can allow us to go so much further than we could ever possibly imagine. The second step after go is to make disciples. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. A disciple is a follower of Jesus that helps others follow Jesus. In our culture, sometimes we want to just make it the first part of that. A disciple is someone that, you know, just follows Jesus. But a disciple is someone that does both. It's someone who follows Jesus but then helps others follow Jesus. Scripture really doesn't know, uh, Scripture really knows nothing of disciples who aren't making disciples. That's kind of a modern day idea that you can, you know, kind of sit, receive, get spiritually plump, but never exercise the mission that God has called us to. Let me say it again. You and I are called to follow Jesus, but we're called to help others follow him as well. And those others can be all different types of people. You know, Jesus says, hey, listen, make disciples of all nations. Don't just make disciples in America. Don't just make disciples in the European nations or in Africa. Make disciples of all nations. And I love that because Jesus always had in mind the picture of a diverse church. 
Jesus didn't say, hey, only reach the Jews or only reach people that aren't Jewish. No, he said, listen, I want this message to go out to everybody in the world because my church is going to look like all the nations and have all the different languages and all the tongues. My church is going to be a diverse church. I love the picture and the organism of the church that Jesus Christ has established. Jesus is the head of the church and created the church, which is his bride, and we are called to bring the message of truth to everybody and every nation. You know, recently I was reading a study just trying to figure out how well United States Christians are doing in the area of discipleship, you know, following Jesus and helping others follow him. And the study was actually alarming to me. A study by Barna came out and said just over one in four U.S. Christians fall into the category of somebody that follows Jesus and helps others follow him as well. Hey, here at New Life, our church, as I lead us and follow the, the, the guiding of Christ and as he leads our church, I want to make sure that we are not in that statistic. That we get serious about following Jesus learning from Jesus, growing in Jesus, becoming more like Jesus. But also, we don't stop there. We say, no, it's our responsibility to lead others to Christ and to help them follow Jesus, grow in Jesus, learn from Jesus. That's our role, not the pastor's role, not just the leader's role, not just the ministry leaders, but anybody that calls themselves a Christian is called to make disciples. This is so important that we embrace this because I really believe that this is a countercultural way to live, and yet Jesus has called us to live in that way. Let me ask you this question. If I was to say and come up to you right now in whatever seat that you were seated in and say, who are you discipling right now? Would you be able to give me a name? I know that's a challenging word and maybe it makes you a little uncomfortable, but we are called to do this, and I Pray that each and every one of us, if we were asked that question, would have somebody that we are discipling and helping them grow in the Lord. The third step in the instruction is to baptize. Jesus says, and make disciples of all nations. Here's the next step. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptizing is that first step of initiation once you become a follower of Jesus. I like to talk about it a little bit like the ring. Me and my wife got married two years ago. And, you know, we actually stood on this stage and I looked her in the, the eyes and, you know, my lip was quivering all crazy and I was so nervous and she's standing in front of me looking so beautiful. You know, when I came to that stage, I was already committed to her. I already loved her. Um, but I needed to take that next step from just being committed and loving her and being engaged to her and go to that next level in our relationship and get married. And we said vows, we made a commitment, we made a promise before God and everybody that was watching us. But then we had a symbol that showed the love that we had for one another and the commitment that we were making and the next level that we were going to on our relationship. You know, that ring that I wear that lets other people know that I am a married man, that's just like baptism. Baptism is the symbol of an inward decision expressed outwardly. 
It's how you let everybody else know that there has been a spiritual change in your life. That you used to be spiritually dead, but you encountered Jesus and his message. And that he has taken you from death and made you alive. Every believer is called to take this step of baptism. And it's not something that's supposed to be done privately. It's something that's supposed to be done publicly. Let me ask you, have you ever taken that step of being baptized? You say, I've, I've been a follower of Jesus, but maybe I'm holding off on that step or I'm a little embarrassed to go on stage or do this. Let me, I want to challenge you to take that step of baptism. If you've taken that step, I want to challenge you to go one step further and ask you this question. Have you ever baptized anybody? You, you know across New Life, the pastors will baptize people sometimes. We're not the only people that baptize because we're all called to baptize people. And so as we, as a church, are discipling, people are going to make decisions. There's going to be people that need to be baptized. And as we as a church are being disciple makers, God has called us to be baptizers. And I love that Jesus says, hey, baptizing them, he doesn't say baptize them in the name of the church that you're a part of, not in New Life. He doesn't say baptize them in the name of Mark Job or, you know, uh, one of the, uh, you know, saints that, that have passed away. No, he says baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptize them in the name of God. And I think that's an amazing truth that we need to realize that this is the initiation of our faith. And it's the transformation, the symbol of being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive and God has called us to do it so everyone that's a new believer makes that decision and it has everything to do with being obedient to God. The fourth step and the final step is to teach. Jesus finishes by saying, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you. Always to the very end of the age. Hey, I want you to look at your neighbor really quick and I want you to say, obey. Okay, now look at your other neighbor if you have someone on the other side and say, obey. That is oftentimes the word that is overlooked in this. Jesus is not just telling us to transfer knowledge or just to teach. That's an important part of it, right? We should be in small groups. We should be mentoring. We should be hearing the word on Sunday. These are all different ways that we can grow, right, be taught in the word. We should have our own devotional time and reading of the word. Each of us should learn not to just hear the word from other people taught, but learn to uh, eat the word ourselves, grow in the word, understand, study the word so that we can be self-feeders. But it's not just stopping at teaching people. But it's saying, teach them to obey, right? It's not just saying, hey, listen, you know, as a follower of Jesus, we don't live that way. No, no, no. It's saying, listen, that is not the way that you're called to live. But it can't just be head knowledge. It needs to be the lifestyle that you live. See, a follower of Jesus is not somebody that just likes the words of Jesus. A follower of Jesus is someone that lives the words of Jesus, not someone that just hears the word and it goes one ear and out the other, but it's somebody that says, I hear you, God, and I want to obey your word. You know, one of the people that I've been discipling recently, he came to Christ not too long ago here at New Life. And, you know, we haven't done um, any discipleship group in a building or, you know, that's where I typically do it, or a Starbucks 
We've been doing discipleship just whenever we gather together. We go golfing together sometimes, and I'm about as bad as you can possibly be at golf, so the Lord's really humbling me in that. But while we're golfing, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about his marriage. We're talking about what God is doing in his life. And I'm talking to him about the word of God and how he can follow it. And he's asking me questions. You know what that is? That's discipleship. Sometimes it's over a meal and I'll have him over to the house or I'll be at his house or we'll go get some tacos down the street. And you know what we're talking about? We're talking about life. And we're talking about Jesus. And I'm building a relationship. And it's not this super formal thing that's going on, but it's just me not just sharing the truth with somebody, but sharing my life as well. Discipleship is getting to know people, learning to love people, building relationships with people, and helping them follow Jesus as we walk alongside them. It doesn't have to be this big, intimidating, scary thing. It doesn't always have to be done within the church building, even though a lot of our small groups and mentoring does. It doesn't always have to happen in a super formal setting. It can happen by, not, by just walking alongside somebody, making sure that Christ is at the center of that, they're sharing the word, and that you're both choosing to follow Jesus day by day. It's talking about marriage. It's talking about the words that we speak and the way that we treat people, the way that we manage our finances. All of that is we're learning to obey by having others teach us and by allowing the power of the Holy Spirit teaching us to obey and giving us the power to obey. Our responsibility is to raise up the next generation and everyone that's searching for God. You know, God is calling people all over Chicagoland area to be followers of him. And more than write a letter in the sky or words in the sky for people to see the message of the gospel, he's chosen me and you to be the ambassadors, the carriers, the messengers of his truth. How many people in our communities, in our schools, at our jobs, in our city or in Chicagoland area are hopeless right now, discouraged, suicidal, in a dark place, and they need to hear the truth of Jesus. They need to know about the light that came into the world, that died on the cross for them, that was uh, in the grave for three days, but resurrected again, and then ascended onto high, into heaven, after hundreds of people had seen him. They need to know about the God who loves them, and it's the kindness of God that draws people to repentance. I'd like to ask everyone across every new life location to stand with me at this time. And worship teams, you guys can come up to the stage. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a huge calling upon your life. You're called to make disciples. You're called to follow him and to help others follow him. I want to bring you back to that question. If I was to ask you right now, who are you helping follow Jesus? Would you be able to give me a name? God has called you and me to be disciple makers. And we don't have to be intimidated by it or be this big lofty thing. Let me tell you this, as the pastor of this church, there are things, there are verses in the Bible, chapters in the Bible, the things you can ask me about, and I don't have all the answers. You know what? That's okay. 
I remember when I started discipling, I was so intimidated. Well, what if they ask me this question? Or what if I don't know this answer? Or what if this? And you know what? As long as you know the basics, as long as you know the basics, and you're willing to continue day by day following Jesus, let me tell you, you are called to teach others. Say, well, I don't know much. Good, but teach them the little bit that you know. And keep growing. Don't stay at that little bit of knowledge. Grow into maturity. But you are called to help others follow Jesus. And helping others follow Jesus comes out of you following Jesus. And as we're all standing across new life, I want to challenge you that before the end of the year is over, that you would find somebody to disciple. Find somebody to disciple. That you would start to share the gospel with somebody. Or regularly in your life, co-workers, friends, neighbors, that you would, if you lead someone to the Lord and you have the opportunity in sharing the faith, that then they say, I, I want to follow Jesus, then then you would take that person to the waters of baptism. And maybe that's your first time, you're super nervous, but man, I encourage you, that's what we're called to do. Maybe for some of you, it's that discipleship process of leading a small group. Maybe you led one before, but you've put it off and you've been busy and things are going on. But maybe it's time you step up and lead a small group again. Or maybe you're leading a small group for the very first time or need to start leading a small group for the very first time. This is what I'm challenging you to do. Small groups and mentoring is all about discipleship. Maybe it's not a small group setting, but more a one-on-one -on -one mentoring. But you are going to take someone and as, as you grow and learn in Jesus, you're going to help somebody. You're going to just walk alongside them. And help them learn and grow to follow Jesus. All across New Life, if you're going to make that commitment to start discipling somebody, that by before the end of the year, you would have a name to say, this is the person that I'm discipling. Would you raise your hands, both hands, would you raise your hands all across New Life? Raise them boldly. None of that wimpy this stuff. Hey, I want you to raise your hands up boldly if you're committing to that. If you're committing to live out the calling of the great commission that Jesus Christ has called you to, would you raise both hands boldly because I want to pray for you that we as a church would, would break the mold of American Christianity, that we as a church would be bold in proclaiming the gospel, that we as in the church would be unashamed of the good news, that we in the church would be serious about following Jesus and helping others follow him, that we in the church would not back down from the calling that we've been called to, living worthy of the life that Jesus has called us to. Would you raise both hands as I pray for you? And I know this commitment is taking courage and boldness, but I want to pray. Lord Jesus, I pray for your church. Apart from you, John 15 says, we can do nothing. Jesus, we need you. Chicago needs you. The neighborhoods need you. Our families need you. There are so many around us that don't know you, Jesus, and you have called us to follow you and to help others follow you. Lord, empower us. Give us courage. Give us discipline to grow in you. Give us perseverance when we share the faith over and over, but maybe some don't come to know you. We pray all of this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And amen. God bless you, New Life. Praise God. Praise God. What an encouraging, powerful message from our lead pastor, Josiah Job. And I just ask that you, 
it's beautiful to turn around and see the hands uh, lifted up. Of people that are saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to find someone. I'm, I'm going to disciple them. And you know what? It doesn't have to be difficult. As a matter of fact, it's not difficult. That's one of the most beautiful things that I love about this church is when I first came, uh, it's not like we tell you, hey, we want to pray for you and we want you to accept Jesus and, and now we want you to figure it all out on your own. We have steps. We have steps. We have books that uh, help, pro you know, walk you through the process of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's easy. Anybody can mentor someone. Anyone can mentor someone. We have the resources for you. We can provide you with the resources. We have what's called the first step book. It's a real thin book, three chapters, and you go along with it with the person that you're mentoring. And it tells you the Bible verses to pick up. It tells you what, 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 what repentance means. It tells you what it means to be baptized. You don't have to have that all memorized. It's all provided for you. And so we want to, we're going to make sure that throughout these next few weeks, we're really pushing this. We're really promoting this. We'll have First Steps books available ready for you. We'll also show you, uh, if you have a, your, um, your smartphone, if you have our app, our New Life app, or even online, you can go to resources, digital resources, and you can actually find this book that I'm talking about. It's called the First Steps book. It's really just a workbook. It's, it's what it is. But we want to make sure that we're getting ready. And the first step is you made that decision. The next few weeks we're going to be talking about it. As I said, we're jumping into a series that's titled Discipleship 101. So make sure that you take this first semester class, Discipleship 101, uh, because we, we, we don't want to just talk a big talk. Anybody could just preach a great sermon and tell you, rah, 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 go do it. No, we want to walk alongside of you as we are trying to make this as applicable as possible. Amen? Let's bow our heads as we pray for dismissal today. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for the beautiful, beautiful opportunity uh, that you've given us to be gathered inside this beautiful building, Lord, worshiping together, Lord, as one and listening and receiving of your word, Jesus. We thank you for that because we know not everyone is as fortunate to do so. And Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, that we would take your word that was given to us. As I said before, Lord, that our hearts would have been open and ready to receive the seeds that you have implanted in our hearts. Let us start thinking about it, Lord. Let us start, let, let, let those seeds start growing root, Lord. May we be going to you, uh, praying and, and reading your word and reading devotions, getting connected in these small groups, Lord, so that these seeds can begin to grow root in our heart. And, Lord, that our DNA would be Lord, that we are always ready to help disciple someone, Father God, so that they can taste and see what we have tasted and seen, and that is that you are good. Father, Lord, we love you and we praise you, Lord, as we get ready to dismiss. I pray for your protection over your saints here today, God. I pray, Lord, that no matter what it is that we have in store for us, uh, when we get out of here, Lord, uh, pre preparations for next week, for this upcoming week, uh, work week, school week, whatever the case is, Wherever we gather, Lord, that you would remind us who it is that we are. First of all, we are your sons. We are your daughters. We are children who belong to the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And because we are, you have called us. You've called us to be the salt of this world. You've called us to be the light of this earth, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. You've called us not to blend in. You've called us to stand out, Father God. Let us be those different makers, Lord. Let us be people that reflect you, God. Let people look at us and see something that is different, God. But they can only see it, Lord, if we are spending time with you to reflect your love to others. 
And I leave you with this blessing, church. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon each and every single one of you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you all peace. In Jesus' holy, mighty name, the church of God says amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. You are dismissed. We will see you next week.